Hi, I'm Lisa. I'm Julie. And welcome to Two Sober, Sober Chicks. Chicks. Da, 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 da. Podcast we, 11. Podcast 11, Two Rad Sober Chicks. Nailed it. <clears throat> All right. So we've been doing this thing where we uh, select from a, a little bunch of papers. How do I word this? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. It's a whole bunch of topics I wrote down on little pieces of paper and folded up. Okay. All right. And I have unwrapped one and picked it. Has anyone ever outed you? Wow. That has a double, double entendre for me. <laughs> <laughs> and the answer is yes. <laughs> and it's not cool. Either way, in either situation. I'm gay if you haven't figured that out by now. Um, so, has anyone ever outed you? Um, do you have a story in mind? I have to think about mine. Sort of. Um no one has ever actually outed me like in the middle of a conversation or identified me, but I have been outed in situations where I wasn't ready for it. Mm -hmm. And that can be really overwhelming. I was at a housewarming party. Oh, I was going to mention <laughs> that one. I was at a housewarming yeah. party, uh, I don't know, about a month ago. And there was a woman there that was um, pretty aggressive and asking me what I did besides going to school. And I told her that I volunteered. And then when someone says, oh, where do you volunteer? Yeah. I know it's coming because yeah. people want to know, why do you volunteer at jails and rehabs and <laughs> shelters? <laughs> and um, I guess she didn't catch the part where I said, I volunteer in the recovery world because I'm in recovery. Uh. So when I told her, you know, just sort of in passing about the jail volunteering she got really angry and started saying things about those fucking dirt bags my tax paying dollars goes to those fucking dirt bags and she got sort of really belligerent about it and then asked me why in the world I would ever go and deal with those dirt bags <laughs> and I said well it's my as I believe it's my responsibility as a human being that suffered and found a solution to my suffering to go forth and share that with other people. And she looked at me and went, you've suffered? <laughs> and I said, um, in my seven years of active alcoholism, yes, I believe I did suffer. And she went, you're an alcoholic? You were an alcoholic. And I said, no, I am an alcoholic. And by this time, you know, eight or ten people at this party, you could hear a pin drop. Everyone's staring <laughs> at us. Because they were waiting for a fight to break out. Yes, which uh, I did not indulge in a fight, although I could have. I may be small, but I am mighty. Yeah, but you used your program. I used my program. I remained calm. I treated her with kindness and compassion and patience. And so that, I was outed, mm -hmm. and I had to talk about it, and I left there very shaken, but I still handled it with grace and class, and several of the women there took me aside after and were like, wow, you handled that really well. You're so down to earth. Like, and this woman too was like, wow, you say that with like, without any shame or embarrassment at all. You dirt bag. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's basically what she was saying. Yeah. How yeah. can you even hold your head high? And Julie? then she like looked around at all of these people at the party and went, I mean, did you know she was an alcoholic? I would never walk in here. Look at her. I would never guess she's an alcoholic. And I remember saying I actually love that now. 
I love that I can be the face of what an alcoholic looks like because I walked into recovery thinking an alcoholic was an old man in a park drinking from a brown paper bag. Right. So I like smashing sort of the preconceived notions of what that may look like. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a good way of putting it. Um, I actually outed myself in early recovery and then deeply, deeply regretted it. And again, it's one of those things that comes with time and experience and much growth, which I didn't get in the first eight years of recovery because I'm a slow learner. Um, <laughs> I like to try it my way ad nauseum. Um, yeah, I was in radio. And so can you imagine that I'm on a classic rock radio station and I am the poster child for party girl. That is my persona. I am a badass party girl who drinks hard, parties hard, plays hard. And um, part of my shtick was that I was also extremely judgmental. So it's completely opposite, I think, of who I am today. Or I try to make it completely opposite of who I am today. Um, yeah, so I got into recovery for someone else to try to fix my, my problems in my life. So it wasn't a, a good attempt um, at the beginning of recovery. And then what I did is I proceeded to tell everybody cause it was really difficult to get sober and I wasn't working the principles of the program. I wasn't working the steps. So I was struggling because I was now sober. My solution had be t- been taken away. My solution for life, which was constant lubrication in the form of alcohol, um, had been taken away. And, um, Yeah, and I'm having trouble dealing with that. I'm having trouble dealing with people, places, and things, um, like my work and and other people, because I'm struggling with controlling people now. And so I decided it would be a great idea to tell everybody. I think I even went on the air and told people (laughs) that I didn't drink anymore. And I had this huge, and it was really hard for my on-air partner, too, because all of a sudden our whole shtick, our whole personas had changed. And I'm sure that caused him, uh, you know, some difficulties as well. And, um, and we did a lot of events in bars. And all of a sudden I was like, well, I don't want to go to a bar. Well, it's part of your job. Mm-hmm. This is what, you know, there's an event there and you're the host. And before I used to love it as part of my job because that meant free drinks, you know. And then, and I also found that in radio, um, a lot of the bars, um, they loved to give you free drinks because then they figured you would talk about them. And they were right the next day because I knew if I talked about them, it meant more free drinks the next time. So yeah, I added myself and it was very disastrous um, on many levels. And I wished I had enough. And then, you know, through years of recovery, I learned that some things are, are best kept just to myself. Um, my sponsor mentioned that at his work, it came out that somebody was in need of help and struggling with alcoholism. He didn't even out himself then. What he did was say, I might know a friend who might be able to help you with that. And he gave somebody else's number anonymously. He asked first if he could give the number. So that's a a good way of handling it now. Like you can still be a friend to Bill without outing yourself. Oh, I have another one I just remembered. Oh, good. So um, I was, a couple of years ago, I was dating an American man and I was crossing the border in my truck to go and see him. And I don't lie well. I don't like it. I don't want to do it anymore. And the border guard said, where are you going? And I said, uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. And he said, um, where did you meet this man? So I met this man at the Alcoholics Anonymous World Conference that was held in Atlanta, Georgia a couple of years ago. And I said... 
at a conference. <laughs> and he said, what kind of conference? And I'm just like, oh, no, here we go. And this man was like, I was in the Nexus lane. So usually you just fly through the Nexus lane. It's yeah. like pre-approved border customs. Wow. And I could see him giving a hard time to all of the cars in front of me. And he was wearing those like sunglasses where you can't see his eyes. He was really scary. He was having a bad day. So he took oh, it out yeah. on you. So where did you, what kind of conference? It was an AA conference. What's AA? I said, Alcoholics Anonymous. He goes, what are you doing at an Alcoholics Anonymous conference? <laughs> and I said, picking um, up men. <laughs> I'm an alcoholic. And he said, well, is he an alcoholic? And I was like, really upset because I don't, I, I, that's not for me to say. Right. But in being questioned by an officer, an American officer of the government, and I said, yes, he is. And he goes, oh, isn't that nice? You're an alcoholic. He's an alcoholic. And you guys looked at each other and said, hey, let's date. That is so wrong. I know. And I went, pretty much. Oh, my God. And he said, pull your car over. And they did a thorough car search. And I remember them picking up my big book, which oh. is our basically our textbook in Alcoholics Anonymous, and flipping through the pages. And I felt so violated. Violated. And anyways, I ended up getting through the border and just shaking and crying and being really upset. So that was another being outed experience for me. I'm like going through my big book is kind of like going through a diary because you personalize it. Like I, I have little highlighters and I've highlighted and circled things and I've written things in the margin because it's not a book that I think people are going to pick up and read. Mm -hmm. And um, well, and for the longest time, I didn't even have those books out. But now I'm I'm in my own home, so I do have it around. You might be able to see it or find it in this very living room. But yeah, that's such personal. And wow, the judgment. You know what? And who knows what that guy's experience is. Maybe he was having a bad day. Maybe his mother was an alcoholic. And he hates alcoholics. True. Because he had a bad experience with one who didn't get sober. Yeah. So again, maybe you were that shining beacon of hope that an alcoholic can get well. Good topic, Julie. Oh, I'm full of them. <laughs> she is. You should see the pile that we have in front of us. My so, brain is like 80% of my body weight. <laughs> I'm surprised you don't fall over then. You're a little top heavy. Jeez. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been Two Sober Chicks. I'm Julie. And I'm Lisa. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next podcast. See you later. <laughs>